The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, the corruption of social media and the subversion of the inner revolution. This week, Inside Out is taking on the corruption of social media. We'll share examples related to Freddie Gray and the Baltimore police protests, as reported by the Washington Post. But we could be looking at any of the other fabrications frequently going viral on the Internet. Why is this important? Because social media is our responsibility. It's democracy's answer to the monopolization of news. But when it's abused, it subverts our efforts to create a better world. This week on Inside Out, we'll talk about how the misuse of social media corrupts the inner revolution, and we'll examine the part we play. Are we feeding negativity, gossip, or feel-good fluff? Do we reserve judgment until we get the facts? Do we spread unexamined statements serving only to feed our cherished opinions? So stay tuned, call in, and talk about your relationship to social media. Let's acknowledge the power of the tweet and start holding ourselves accountable for not debasing this great tool that has come into our hands. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, guys. Welcome. Uh, So, as we promised, I have some pretty extreme things that, um, quoting the uh, Washington Post, I have to trust that this is accurate. But anyway, before we get to that, we have our nose for the uh, news here, the Uh, indications that there's some shift in consciousness, the good news part of our show. So we do have one thing uh, which James uh, has given me, which is really great, I think. And because it it shows both the possibilities and the resistance and the problem of having any kind of an inner revolution. So here it is. We're starting with a housing-first approach to homelessness is now proving more successful than a more long-standing approach that many people call the treatment-first approach model, which focuses on fixing the problems before providing housing. So the idea of the old approach was, first you deal with people's drug addiction or mental health programs and problems and so on, then you give them housing. Well, what's fascinating is that the other way around is working better, where you give people housing first. Now, here are some examples of that, and then you're going to see the zinger at the end, okay? So it says, the Pathways to Housing program in New York City uh, was one of the initial Housing First programs, and it saved the public up to $42,893 per year, according to a 2011 report. Now, there must be some reports after that. Utah has seen almost a 90% decrease in homelessness since its implementation of the Housing First model in 2005. Colorado's Housing First program reported a 96% rate of home retention. Both states have also saved a lot of money. 
the average chronically homeless person used to cost Salt Lake City more than $20,000 a year. Putting someone into permanent housing costs the state just under $8,000 a year. Now, this is the interesting thing. Of course, we're only talking about it from a dollars and cents perspective. Obviously, when people have housing and they have some stability, I mean, it's better for them emotionally. But, with, but we're just looking at this external thing about what it actually costs society. Now, this is the part that really relates to Inside Out. The article said, the main problem now is flipping the way homelessness services are traditionally provided. Help first, home second. And flipping it isn't easy. Here's a quote. Uh, I don't know who Thomas is, but anyway, it's probably earlier in the article. You're making the assumption that a person needs to get sober and be compliant on their medication and get a job before they can become stably housed. And then you have a model that says, no, you really don't. You can work it the other direction and have much better outcomes, says this guy, Thomas. When funding an, an entire program... When funding entire program structures are based on those assumptions, it's really hard to change it. So you see, this is the fascinating thing. Um, that even though it's working better, this guy is saying it's very hard to change a system from something that doesn't work into something that works better because the entire program structures are based on the old assumptions. Well, isn't that exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, the inner revolution? You yes. know that it's you know this is really about how the heck are we going to change our paradigms? And notice, oh, duh, this isn't working. We've done it for thousands of years. Maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, maybe there is a better solution. Now, sometimes we look for better solutions, we can't find any. But sometimes we just have stopped looking. Just because the world has been going a certain way forever doesn't mean it needs to continue to go that way. So this is really cool. So thanks, James. Now, um, getting to the topic of today's show, which is about the corruption of social media, I am going to read you these things that uh, are out of the Washington Post, dated... May 2nd, 2015. Now, the information, of course, is kind of like a little bit late in coming because this is all about the Freddie Gray story, this guy who got arrested for perhaps no reason whatsoever in Baltimore. He ran from the police. He got thrown in a van and ended up with spinal injuries and died. And uh, people have now been indicted and so on. Or, no, they've been probably arrested. I don't know if they've been indicted yet. Look at me. I'm always spreading. You see, yeah, yes. I am yes, one they've of been, they've been charged by the prosecutor. Okay. I am one of the worst perpetrators of misinformation. <laughs> and that's because, <laughs> because I don't remember anything. But honest, it's not in order to sensationalize. It's just because I don't remember anything. That's why we have our nose to the news written out in advance. Okay. Now, but these examples are really juicy and because this is the, this was stuff that was going on at the time when uh, the Freddie Gray story was breaking okay these are I believe quotes right out of the article right uh, oh I'm the one who did it yes they are quotes out of the article. <laughs> I was going to say right James okay a trusted news source 
Some of the craziest, most controversial stuff you've heard out of Baltimore. There's a lot of material under this heading this week. So let's start with a little reminder. Fake news and its cousin, wildly politicized misleading news, often proliferates by flattering and confirming people's biases. Yes, yes, yes. You see, this is, hey, these guys from the Washington Post, they are on our unpaid staff of promoting the inner revolution. (laughs) It's partisan baiting. It's, in fact, the entire business strategy behind sites like National Report, which means when it comes to truly polarizing life or death news, you might not want to use social media as your primary news source. Now, isn't that a terrible shame? You know, the fabulous thing we have now is, okay, so people have their cameras out, their cell phones, and so on. They're actually beginning to be able to, uh, uh, to make note of and document some forms of police brutality or other forms of behavior which we've been able to have behind uh, closed doors. So there is, on the one hand, the power of the people and the people's media. Put it up on YouTube and you know, four million people may see it. But now this is the other side, the corruption. We're talking about deliberately putting in fake news in order to confirm people's biases. Oh, my God. And I'm going to want you to talk about and think about this, too, in a minute. But let me read to you some of these. Freddie Gray did not have a pre-existing spinal injury at the time of his arrest. This stunning exclusive comes from our friends at the Fourth Estate, a right-wing blog. According to that blog's anonymous sources, don't you love those anonymous sources? Gray had spinal surgery a week before his arrest, and his death was a freak accident that occurred when Gray should have been home resting, not selling drugs. <laughs> so, the, the uh, truth checker says Freddie Gray did not have a pre-existing spinal injury. For starters, there's no evidence that Gray was selling drugs. His charging documents indicate officers pursued him because he ran unprovoked. He ran away for that's a good reason to arrest him. And because he had a switchblade in his pocket. Meanwhile, attorneys for the Gray's family have denied that he had surgery, an allegation for which there's also no evidence. And by the way, I think it's already been demonstrated that he did not have a switchblade in his pocket either. Now, this uh, thing about his not ha- his having a pre-existing spinal injury was shared nearly 90,000 times on Facebook. Boy, I wish people would share 90,000 inside-outs on Facebook. Okay. Now, here's another one. This is, this is, the, uh, the, this is what the Washington Post says against the uh, fallacious news. An armed shop owner with a shotgun did not save a Baltimore Sun reporter from a mob. Now, isn't this cool? Breitbart and the National Rifle Association were among two of the organizations to claim that a heroic shop owner armed with a shotgun protected crime reporter Justice Fenton against rioters on Monday. Fenton himself has said, however, that a group of gang members protected him during the (laughs) flare-up and that the guy with the shotgun was locked inside his store. Breitbart has since clarified its story, but as we know, corrections are rarely as viral as the original material, right? Uh, Yeah, isn't that interesting that the NRA 
uh, chose to promote that false story, which would support their claims that we should all be armed with lots of guns. Absolutely. And, 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 and so this supports their agenda. That's right. Right on. Maybe you can continue talking about those as I get finished. Okay, now this is another fact check. A viral photo does not show a guy protecting a white woman from rioters. Okay, the guy in said photo, Baltimore City Paper music editor Brandon Soderberg, has taken to social media and the pages of City Paper to explain that the picture actually shows him trying to restrain a drunk, out-of-control woman from going after protesters. <laughs> it's still been used, predictably, as both evidence of protester violence and as proof that the riots were a false flag. Whatever that means. I, I hate to say that. I don't understand that. Okay, so the guy, he's trying to, to use social media to undo social media, right? Okay, here's another one. A white Baltimore resident did not hang black dolls from the trees to scare protesters. <laughs> the dolls were actually placed there on April 11th, far before the start of this week's violence by the local mixed media artist Loring Cornish who, for what it's worth, is black. The piece is intended as a social critique of race and racial violence. And finally, last but not least, many looting tweets from the riots aren't real. Motherboard has traced some of the riots' most lawless tweets, celebratory messages about theft and looting, to a group of trolls who appeared to organize on 8chan, whatever, however you pronounce that. Not to be outdone, the fine folks of 4chan also tricked Fox 10 Phoenix into reading a bunch of senseless tweets on air during their Baltimore coverage. Now, this is just like a couple of days on social media on Freddie Gray. I bet each one of you has seen appalling things on social media where something is some conspiracy some horrible thing that somebody did to somebody, you know, all for the purpose of stirring up people's prejudice and fear in order to influence public opinion in some kind of a negative direction. Now, okay, there are horrible things that happen, and some of them are going to be um, noted on social media, and it's so great that we have that. But if people are deliberately using social media to inflame themselves and others, then what have we got? A rotten bag of potatoes. And then, you know, people will quote it and then they'll send it out and they'll pass it out on Facebook or it'll go viral on, you know, I, I have noticed, and I'm sure many of you have too, that some of the most negative things are the ones that tend to go viral. I, I, I have yet to figure out why seeing a man slip on a banana peel is funny. And now, some of you may be too young to have seen the comedy based on guys slipping on banana peels. But maybe you don't have the banana peel thing, but maybe you have the slapping around thing, or people falling on their butts, or some of the movies that show people being hurt and suffering or falling, and people laugh. I have yet to see the humor in other people's pain. So that's another what I consider to be a sick part of our mentality, and we can definitely use social media 
to pass that kind of thing on as well. So it's not just stuff that inflames um, prejudice. It's also stuff that plays into whatever sick part of us needs to find expression without healing. I mean, if there are sick parts of us, yay, that's good to find expression. But find expression to heal, not just to be passed on. And I, 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 just recently, I went through this with somebody, but typical with Beth Green, I can't remember what it was about. When some guy told me that he had seen something really funny on, uh, you know, on YouTube. Oh, no, it wasn't that. Oh, I know what it was. It wasn't about social media, but it was a similar kind of thing. A very nice guy came over to give us a, a bid on something, and he had a cell phone that made the sound of a duck. And one of our little dogs is very nervous. Uh, we adopted her, and she freaked out when he, he played that, you know, when, he, when that phone rang. And uh, he thought it was so funny that he called himself in order to have it ring to freak out the dog and just left. Now, this is a guy who loves dogs, or so he says. He's getting a kick out of watching this little dog be traumatized. Well, I was, like, incensed, and this is not going to happen again. Uh, not if I'm standing around. But you see, there is that part of us that just seems to get all wrapped up in celebrating uh, the humiliation of somebody or some animal, making fun, uh, seeing them suffer, uh, seeing them being frustrated. Um, so that's another way that social media is corrupted. We should be using, okay, here it goes again. I'm saying we should, but this is my opinion. We should be using social media to tell the truth about things where you can't find the truth. And that means that if you think you have a piece of information, you had better make sure it's true before you start sending it out. You know, a lot of people want to rev up energy against the government or against anybody. And uh, I have done the same. You know, if there's going to be a negative story about the Ku Klux Klan, I'm probably going to believe it rather than check it out. Wrong. Bad news. We subvert ourselves. We subvert social media, we subvert democracy, and we subvert trust. So anyway, James, give out that phone number because I want to hear about you, what you do with social media, if you really pay attention, or you just like to get into the gossip too. Come on, let's get honest here. James, the number Okay, please. give us a call if you've got a question or comment. The number is 1-866-472-5795. That's one 866 or 72-5795. Okay, and now let's go to commercial break. Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.bethgreen.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, 
upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community. The Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The inner revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution, with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. And today we're talking about the uh, the inner revolution and social media and how he, it corrupts the inner revolution. And we have Christine on the line from Bonzel, California. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> social media. <laughs> I have a yeah. lot to say about social media. Um, one of the things I will say is that, that it's uh, like other media in some ways in that it can be used for many purposes, like traditional media has been used to um, be propaganda um, in certain ways, and so has social media. And yes. social media has also been used to break news, um, just like regular news services have. Um, but like you said, you know, in traditional media, you have reporters who are trained more to do their due diligence and really fact-check. Or in theory, they are supposed to. That's the other thing, in theory, because um, reporters now, I work in public relations, and reporters, um, they make very little. It's so really hard to eke out a living unless you're, like, you know, working for the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or something. Mm-hmm. And um, what we've seen in the industry more and more is just that they have more to cover, Mm. Um, in less time, and so I'm sure that they are also under a lot of pressure. Um, well, can I'd like to say something about that, Christine, before you go on. Yeah. Uh, which is, on the other hand, there are all kinds of resources like fact checkers. There are. And stuff, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which which weren't in existence before, and you know, being of my age, I remember the years when. There was absolutely nobody checking on anything. And so you were not caught. Mm. You know? So there's that other reality. It's like, okay, you could get on and you could say, oh, these are, uh, well, the, you know, all kinds of lies about the Bay of Pigs invasion or lies about uh, bombings or why we went into Vietnam. In fact, there was, didn't they say that there was, uh, an attack on something, James. Please, can you remember? Yeah, that was a that was a Tonkin Gulf so-called incident, where one yeah. of our uh, boats <laughs> so was attacked, atta- yeah. uh, supposedly attacked by uh, the Viet Viet Cong. Yeah, North, North is, Korea. I'm I'm sorry, North uh, Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, the NLF and the, the National Liberation Front, and it Which didn't split, exist. Did not even exist. And you but see it, but that? But it gave the whole rationale for Congress to go to war. Right. Isn't that amazing, Christine? Mm-hmm. And, and nobody questioned it. So mm. in the old days, uh, there was only the official media. 
And it, well, not completely. I mean, there were some underground newspapers that were saying other things. And nobody was questioning anything that was coming out. There was nobody to question it, and there was no fact checkers. So I think, you know, both are true. I just want to throw that in, too. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up the topic of the regular media. Uh, so that, uh, you know, nobody was watching. And when by the time the information finally came out, it was too late. We were already at war, as usual, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, and they police each other now, too. I mean, yes. there's, a, you know, there's a few accounts of, you know, writers, reporters, magazine writers, et cetera, that have been... Um, kind of publicly humiliated um, for the plagiarism that they've done or the repurposing of their materials that they've done, et cetera. So um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, looking into each other's things and then kind of abusing social media to to, to shame people. Um, But the one thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is social media that I think is cool is kind of what you're saying. You know, you're saying that there used to be just traditional media and nobody questioned them. And now it just feels so much more normal to, to question things. And I think part of that's because of social media. Um, you feel like you have a voice more. And the other thing I wanted to say about it is that, you know, for, for me, it's allowed me to kind of be more transparent about who I am when I choose to do that. Like there's the part of me that's like, um, like everybody on Facebook who tries to project the, the certain image of themselves in their lives. Yeah. Um, but it's also given me the chance to be real and say this is what I really care about um, and for people to know me as that. And so, for instance, I was just given you know an opportunity to go to New York for a pro bono assignment that my company's doing. And because people think of me as like the hippie do-gooder in my company. <laughs> And that's because of what I post on Facebook. Like we don't, we're, you know, we're on billable time all the time. We don't have time so much to sit and chat around what we're doing in our lives, right? Yeah, yeah. But they know because they see from my Facebook post that that's who I am. That's how they form that impression of me. Um, But the thing about it is then I know that people know who I am, and that's kind of a cool thing. And I remember when I first started to be more, public and transparent about who I am and what I really care about. Yeah. And I was sure that everyone was going to unfriend me, right? Why? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> oh, that Christine, she cares about people. <laughs> um, um, right, 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 a terrible right? thing. <laughs> and some people will differ with how I care about things and what I have to say. Um, but that's fine, right? But it, I think it allows us to find our friends and even for like, you know, for um, the best green social media properties, it's like allowed us to find people that would never have known about you or this radio show or your YouTube channel that wouldn't have, you know, if, if we can't get you in the New York Times, which, you know, obviously that would be good too, right? Yeah. Um, but still, thousands of people can find out about you. Yes, you know, this is, I mean, this is the flip side. And this is why I feel so strongly about this show, about talking about it. And by the way, we don't have any other callers. So you can just 
talk All away. Right, hanging. And, mm-hmm. and, and we want to encourage people, come on, guys, let's get honest about the way we use social media. Are we looking for something there that's just going to reinforce our prejudices, or are we really interested in getting uh, you know, information? And what kind of things do we pass on? Uh, so, I, you know, I don't, uh, this does not directly follow on from what you just said, but it just flashed in my mind <laughs> because one of, one of the things <laughs> that came up is you're obviously very, you know, involved with social media and I am a social media producer, but I'm actually don't use it myself. I mean, I have a, a Facebook, a public Facebook page and I love the fact that people go to it, uh, but I'm not a Facebooker. Uh, or a tweet or any of that myself because, you know, I'm too retarded. I, I haven't caught up yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that shocks me, and we do have a caller, I'm happy to say, but, we, you know, she can hold for a while. Um, I don't mean that as a put down. I just, uh, we don't have a million uh, stacked up. But but the, the other thing that I am appalled by, and here comes Beth Green with her opinions yet again, is how much fluff is sent out. I will get emails from people saying, you must watch this. And I turned it on, and it's a picture of five sunsets with goppy music saying, we are one. And then it'll say, isn't this fabulous? And I sit there, and just because I am the kind of person I am, um, I say, what is so big deal revolutionary about putting out five pictures of a sunset and saying, we are one. I mean, oh yeah, you're really going to go to jail for that. You know, so the the uh, the uh, the ISIS is going to be at your door tomorrow. Uh, you know, blowing your head off because you said we are one. And people get this feeling that they've accomplished something about oneness by sending out something that's gloppy and goopy. And then they'll maybe you know, if you're lucky, they'll have twenty pictures of different people from different societies with different colors and different outfits. And I, I, I'm not saying that these are bad, but I'm saying that social media is also used uh, in that way as a way of people actually thinking that they're doing something about the inner revolution or about oneness when they would never actually talk to any of these people who are in these images <laughs> or, or really are afraid of them or don't want to know anything about their societies, or wouldn't say anything negative about them, even if they thought they were that there was something negative, because they're too busy trying to look like a one. So, Christine, we do have two more callers, and I, I should shut Good. myself up. But um, is there anything else that you'd like to say, either about what I just shared, or anything else before uh, you lose your turn today? Yeah, well, just one other thing popped in my mind, and that is, Via social media, I've noticed people that are interested maybe in similar things. It may not be the exact thing that I'm interested in. Yeah. But as I was becoming more vocal and transparent, I think that really, it supported me to know. It's like you, we know that there are others out there. Whether or not they choose to do our particular thing or not, Yeah, just, you feel like the movement in the collective, basically. Um, and I think that emboldens me and others as well. I love that. And that is so darned important. This is a great gift that has been given to us in order to 
organize and reach one one another. I mean, I believe that the social revolution is going to be carried by, I don't know if you call YouTube social media or not. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. It's like the YouTube and the Inside Out radio show on the Internet and uh, Facebook and all these other things are going to, if you are out there and you like what we're doing, use social media to let people know that you think that they should be watching this or reading this or listening to this. And that's important. And that really brings us back to what Christine started with is like some fear or reluctance of being identified with something that might look a little bit controversial versus the we are one with the five pictures of the sunset, right? Mm. If, if you feel something about something, you know, check in with yourself. Why am I doing this? And pass it on and let's get over the fear of being judged by others because somewhere out there, there is someone who is going to feel supported by what you've said. Yes. Yes. So thank you, Christine, so much for calling. And now we have Elizabeth from San Diego on the line. Hi, Beth and James. Hello, Um, Elizabeth. I've been uh, resisting social media for a very long time now, and I just recently... (laughs) Started utilizing it to um, share, um, you know, your Inside Out show, um, other videos and such, and making it public and overcoming my fear of, oh, my God, what are people going to think of me? Oh, my God, how, go. coinc- how coincidental. <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> so, but I'm also utilizing it to, um, I'm connected to some other social or groups that fight for the environment. Yeah. And, um, you know, like the Sierra Club and move on groups that uh, they watch the politics and they let people know, okay, this bill is going through, do we want to support it or not? And they'll put out, you know, request, hey, call your senator and let them know this is what this bill is, this is what they're going to do, this is what it's going to mean if it goes through. And so I'm utilizing that now also to reach out to other people to I think inform that them of what's is, happening. That is awesome. Now, the only thing, a danger that we have in that is supposing there's an organization that uh, that we agree with. Do we actually look at what they say or do we just regurgitate it and send it to somebody else uh, because we like what they're saying and we don't want to have to contradict it or stand up to it? I've seen it, you know, let's say, uh, you know, in political parties, you know, send out, oh, so-and-so, the, op- the opponent, did, just did this. Pass this on to everybody you know, but do I take the time to see whether or not there's any facts behind that? So there's the other side of that. I, I think it's awesome that this is a, a way of being active. It's a way of then having a response. Otherwise, we wouldn't know what's going on. People doing dirty deals behind closed doors, but also people love the dirty deals kind of thing that, oh, there's a conspiracy going on. And we just love that kind of thing. And we're apt to jump on it without actually doing a little fact-checking of our own. So sometimes you may be on the mailing list of people who you consider to be very reliable because you have checked on them. And sometimes you may be on the mailing list of somebody who isn't that reliable, but you just like what they have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're, this is where we have to get honest with ourselves and take a look at what we are passing off as true. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love what you're doing with this, and that's just my word to the, uh, to the, to the prejudice, and I admit that I'm one of them. 
one of those prejudiced people that wants to believe the worst of Fox News. You know, but uh, I, if I have any kind of sense of responsibility, I'd like to get something. But of course, who is objective, right? It's hard to know whether the fact checker is honest either. So it's, it's not simple. But it's my intention is to know is not to jump to conclusions. Every time somebody is shot by the police doesn't mean that it's a case of police brutality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, every, everything that the oil company does may not be evil. And now it may be. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I should look at it. That's all I'm saying. It's like, let's have a little inner revolution where we take a look at ourselves and we make sure that we're not part of the problem because we're just trying to send out stuff that makes that, that reinforces what we already believe. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yes. So I love it. I love what you're doing. And thank you so much for calling. Unless you have you're something welcome. else. Okay. Oh, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Thank you. And now we have our last caller for the moment is Todd, also from Bontel. Now, Todd... Um, I think this has happened to you before. We're going to be going to a commercial break in a couple of minutes, so we may be finishing you after the break. And before that, James, would you give our phone number again? James, are you there? Okay. Okay, get, James will not be giving well, I, I was on mute. Oh. I was on oh, mute. okay. Okay, okay. So, yes, uh, please go ahead. I was about us. to give it out. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and call us with your question or comment at one 866 472 That's 1-866-472-5795. Thank you, because we're doing this from the inside out. We're not just talking about how they misuse the social media. We're also looking at ourselves. So, Todd... You've got a minute before we go to commercial break. What, okay. How would you like to start? Well, I was looking at my wall just to see what I do post, and I, I've noticed and I've felt within me when something is really trying to foment something, I, I usually don't post it. Yeah. Um, so I was looking back at my wall, and I usually post inside out. Yay! Music, like concerts I've been to or things I'm listening to that I like, and things like um, things that are somewhat... Um, neutral. Not all of them are, but some of them are neutral. Uh, like one of them right now, I find it's really difficult because of the complexity. Like the TPP is like big in the news yes. right now, right? And yes. okay, is President Obama right? Is Elizabeth Warren right? Is you yes. know like you know, and I, it's hard to get down to like you know. I mean, I trust her more because of what she's saying, and she's looked at it. She can't say what it says, but if she has concerns because she's looked at it, then that kind of concerns me. So. I really listen and try and take in both sides, and I tried to hear President Obama out, but, you know, so, um, so that's what, one of the things I shared is, you know, trying to awaken people to the TTP and what, is, what does it really mean? What's the real impact to, of it? Yeah. Um, and other things like, uh, you know, campaign finance reform. And I think that's p- something that people on both sides of the aisle can agree with that we need, you know, I mean... That we need yeah. their, our campaign finance system is broken, and it's it's you know we're going to feel continue to feel disempowered until we feel that 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 changes. Oh, that is such a good point. Let's stop here. Don't hang up, and okay. we are going to go to commercial break right now. Stick around. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.bethgreen.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community. The Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The Inner Revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website. Again, that's BethGreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. We are talking about social media and how it can corrupt the inner revolution if we use it in a corrupt way. And uh, we've been talking to Todd, and he's been talking about some of the ways that he uses uh, social media to alert people uh, to what they may need to know. And one of the things that Todd brought up in his sharing is how sometimes it's difficult to know. And that is, I, I think it's so important when we're putting out information to say, I don't know if this is true. Or uh, I have heard different opinions about this or whatever, but I think this is interesting. And we can just, we can publicize something and, or we can even share our confusion. You could say, you know, I've been looking at this trade policy um, issue and there's, here's what Elizabeth Warren says, and this is what uh, Barack Obama says, and this is what uh, John McCain says. I'm not saying he said anything. You know what I mean? And yeah. we don't have to pretend to be experts to say, this is obviously an important issue. I'm wondering what's going on. People who are normally on the same side are kind of on different sides about this. And that's not the only issue that Barack Obama is going to be on a different side from, from others uh, in the liberal uh, wing of the Democratic Party. So um, we do have two other callers after you, Todd, but I wondered if there was anything else that you would like to share. No, I think, you know, the point got made. I, it really, I, I think this show is really helpful in it because it, it's helping me and all of us to question our assumptions and not just put things out there. It made me think, I went back and looked at some, and it was, you know, one was about the TPP, and it said, uh, it needs to be, st- I wrote, it needs to be stopped. And that was a little <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. You know, so this helps. Thank you. Oh, I love that. We had an impact on one person. <laughs> this is the inner revolution. I'm not kidding, Todd. That makes me feel really, really good because unless you're absolutely sure, you don't have to say that. We are allowed to share, I don't know. 
Right. <laughs> but I feel but very look into up- it, you know. Uh, yeah. Let's look into it. I remember on some of the radio shows uh, there would be a topic and I said this is very upsetting to me. I don't know what to think. You know, mm-hmm. rather than pretending that I know things that I don't know. Uh, so I think that's great. So thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. Okay, and now we have Amy from San Diego. Hi, Hi Amy. Beth. Hi, Beth. Um, this may be exactly the same, but uh, this probably was on social media as well as NPR radio. But I heard an interesting program about the way, uh, for example, the earthquake in Nepal was covered. Yes. And uh, it was showing how the wonderful uh, countries from around the world were going to help Nepal. But what was not mentioned was that not necessarily pe- people were not necessarily there in the first 24 hours when folks who live there know where people should be looking. Mm. And that when groups went in, they did not confer with people who actually lived there. Oh. And so the, the bias was that we know what to do better. And uh, I just thought that was an interesting uh, discussion well, that this fellow had. You know, uh, I mean, that's a, a very interesting thing that you're uh, bringing up because it, it connects to some other things about the way we use social media to make ourselves look important. It's like now we know. I mean, at the, at the selfie, is that, that's something where people take a picture of themselves. Is that what a selfie yes. is? Okay. Mm-hmm. So once you have social media, it's like, oh. I have to, now I've got to prance around, because I remember as a little girl, I would prance around in front of a mirror singing, and I, I, I was very enamored of my own image, and so the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I still am, but, you know, I hope that I've matured slightly uh, since that time, but, but the, the thing about that is that social media is, we've talked about some of the positives and negatives about it, but one of the negatives about it is, or you could call it negative, is that it just becomes a place where people get to get attention and they'll mm-hmm. do anything in order to get attention. So how that connects to what you're saying is, I, I don't know the facts about the situation in Nepal at all in terms of you know the aid workers, but how many times... Do people just show up to something because now they know it's going to be covered by the news? And that if it wasn't going to be covered by the news or on social media, they wouldn't show up at all. But it's going to be covered and it's going to give them a way of showing off about how great they are. And that is one of the horrors <laughs> you know, of people coming in to give aid when they're not really connecting, uh, they're not really interested in giving the aid, they're trying to prance upon the stage to show they've been there. And social media is a way that we all get to prance upon the stage. Right. (laughs) Someone wrote on social media that he was sick of reading, and there was a whole list of things, and I realized they're just things he doesn't agree with. And I thought, and then he went on to tell what he thinks. And I thought, isn't that kind of more of the same (laughs) <laughs> and I remember thinking, why not just skip those posts? <laughs> really? Well, that is the that is the power of the mouse. Yes, we don't have to read it. And I have given myself permission to not watch the or read the things that people send me in my email box that they think are just warm, heartwarming or whatever it is, if I think they really have no meaning whatsoever. So thanks mm. for your call, Amy. Oh, thank you. Okay. And, bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. And now, maybe last but perhaps not least, we have Irene from Fallbrook. 
Hi, Beth. I, I love this program because you're really addressing the issue of who is an authority and uh, an authority on what. <laughs> I, uh, I used to teach history in high school, and um, part of my, and I was always getting my master's in history, and when we were getting our master's in history and preparing us to be teachers, they had us create history and use only original sources. And it was fascinating and really made you question, as we know, the history books that every country and every uh, state now authorize for their kids to read Mm -hmm. are full of mistakes and full of prejudice. And everyone has a perspective. Yes. Unless you know what that perspective is, you can't evaluate what they're saying. Exactly. Some years ago, I was in Latin America. I mean, that was a lot of years ago, I have to say. And what I discovered uh, was that none of the newspapers pretended to be objective. Every newspaper was the uh, the voice of of some partisan group of a party. And, uh, you know, you looked at it and it's like, oh, my God, this is suspect. Oh, my God, that's suspect. The difference is that when you, when you're back in the U.S., the newspapers said they were objective. Uh, whereas, you know, you would laugh. It's like going to the National Enquirer for your facts. I mean, yeah. nobody, it, yeah. nobody yeah. in their right mind would go to the National Enquirer for facts. So, you know that, uh, excuse me, National Choir, I probably maligned you. Okay, but you know that uh, when, you're, when you're reading a newspaper that is really completely aligned with one political view or the other, that that is what you're getting. But when you're getting something that pretends to be neutral, it's, uh, it's more difficult because you have to, uh, you, you, it, they may be objective, they may not be right. objective. They may be getting the party line from the government. You know, there's the press secretary, secretary said this, or yeah. the, so-and-so said that, and that's reported as though it was news, as though it were true, and as though it were factual. We know that everything is suspect. In fact, one of the things that is most suspect is my own perception of anything. And so you, even those first hand accounts, Irene? How accurate yeah. were they? Yeah, exactly. It, it all was filtered through someone. Exactly. I, I want to make one other point, which is the, um, what, is, what is happening in the country in education is a program called the Common Core, and there's a lot of opposition to it. And one of the focuses of this new program is instead of teaching children what to think, the focus is in every subject, whether it's science or history or math, it's how to think and how to evaluate sources. And I think it's the most wonderful thing that's happened in education for a long, long time. Well, that is fabulous, and I'd love for people to learn how to think in the topic of religion as well. So (laughs) that's a great point. I'm really glad to hear it. 
we have Elizabeth back on hold. She must have been inspired to call back. So <laughs> I want to thank you for your call, Irene. Very good points. And uh, we will now move on to Elizabeth. Hi, I'm just calling to admit that, uh, you know, when you pointed out to me, like, some of the sources I put out, you know, I don't check them. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Elizabeth. <laughs> and, you know, just listening to the show and listening how Todd took, you know, <laughs> you giving that feedback and how he realized, oh, you know, I'm not really checking that source. So I hear you, and instead of me going into shame about it, I'm not going to be like, oh, okay. I so. wonder if that's true. I w- if we could just say this. Because, all right, we're going to get an amazing amount of information every day, and we are not going to have the time or the inclination to, to find out about every single little thing that we get. And mm-hmm. we probably couldn't get to the truth anyway. But if we could but start with this phrase every time we read something or hear something, I wonder if that's true. Mm. That could change our lives right then and there. Very true. <laughs> and you know one more thing I'd like to say and then we, we're actually out of time believe it or not time has flown as usual when we hear a piece of gossip about somebody the boss or some friend or the boyfriend of someone who we hate this boyfriend every time we hear something we, why don't we say I wonder if that's true hey that could cut out a lot of gossip right there. <laughs> That's a good post. <laughs> All right. Post that. Beth Green, host of Inside Out, The Inner Revolution, says, whatever you hear, ask yourself or say to yourself, I wonder if that's true. Even uh, if you hear it on Inside Out. I'd like to add another question, too, which is, how do you know? And how do you know? Very cool. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yes, James? There's another point I'd like to quickly add, and that is on a personal level. Yes. Each of us, when, they, when we go out on social media, we tend to want to project our best image, which is the ego trying to puff itself up. Yeah. And so uh, I'd like to encourage all of us to be very real and talk as much about our weaknesses and struggles as about our great good qualities. I like it. I like it. James. Whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's right. <laughs> So okay, help we ready me, then? Beth Green. We are. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for next week's uh, yes, we are. Inside Out? The next week's edition of Inside Out will be Telling the Heavens We Have Too Much Fear and Too Much Pain. Looking at ourselves and our world, we see both aggression and passivity, and both can be traced to fear. What do we fear? Pain and the infinite forms that pain can take. Physical pain from illnesses, accidents, aging, childbirth, and violence. Emotional pain from being squelched, abandoned, or shamed. Our own pain and the pain of others, including other animals, and maybe even the plant life going through drought and death. Pain is an epidemic in our world, and that epidemic then causes another epidemic, fear. Fear of existence, fear of what could happen, fear of what is happening, fear of what could happen again, fear of God. The more we feel pain, the more we feel fear, and the more we need to find ways to cope. But our coping mechanisms often create more pain and more fear. We withdraw, deny, dominate, manipulate, hide, sell ourselves out, or scare others away. Then we're alone. What can we do? Stop denying, stop pretending. The Creator is perfect. Get real and look for answers. Join us. And now a final word from Beth. Yes, well, I've got like 10 seconds, and I just want to say we are, this is going to be an exciting show next week because we are telling the heavens the way it really is down here. We're going to overcome our shame and our denial. We're going to talk about it. 
So join us and call in next time if you haven't called before. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out, Voice of the Inner Revolution with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Think outside the box and have a great week.